Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Routledge and Dave Forrester with you. Uh, mainly BBL Trophy action uh, this week in the British Basketball League. But before we get there, let's go back to Wednesday night and the um, the Women's uh, Europe Cup, Euro Cup uh, where Tango Borges beat London Lions 96-65 and therefore winning that tie 160-130 on aggregate. Uh, and Lions campaign coming to an end. Obviously, no Joe Lead and Warner, which was a real blow, uh, A, for their chances, and B, for her, because that's going back to her to her old club. I, I almost don't really want to talk about the game. I, I, I'd probably rather reflect on their on their uh, campaign as a whole, Dave. But, yeah, well, but I mean, have really, you got something yeah. you want to say about the game first? Only that I think it was, unfortunately, it was predictable. Um, that's not a knock on London at all, because, you know, we'll talk... As you say about them in due course, um, Borges' defense was at a different level to the was it was in the first game, and um, I actually thought London actually played one of their better games on the road. Um, in, in, they played some, they played some games on the road where they're not really showing up during the European competition, and I thought they they remained competitive against what was an exceptional team yeah. without, you know, their, their kind of leader. Yeah, um, I know Candy Leonard has the ball a lot, but but Joe lead him over the past four to six weeks has really become kind of a, a totemic figure for them in the way that she's played, in the way that she's led. And, and when I saw that she wasn't playing, I feared. I did fear for the for London, but I thought all in all, um, the fact that Borges took them so seriously mm. was a real, a really positive thing. Yeah. And they clearly did. And I also kind of had the impression that, you know, Borges had been made made aware that it wasn't really acceptable what had happened in London because yeah, <laughs> the yeah. way they they came out and they were just totally zoned in and didn't miss well, a shot. The, the, the defence, I mean, the difference in the in how hard it was for London to put the ball in the basket versus yes. versus how hard it was for Borges at the other end was, was night and day, really. Yeah, absolutely. And so the game was kind of done by half-time, but mm. nevertheless, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm full of admiration for the way that yeah. London handled that leg of what was a very difficult game. And when you go back in their competition, um, you know, they belong. Yeah. Um, they don't belong well, they with had, the upper if, if, if you look it back, they had the 30-point the win in the in the first leg in the qualifiers against Gran Canaria. They had that first away game where they pulled out a tight, tight one against Kelton. They beat Casters at home, and they obviously beat Borges in the first leg. I mean, those, those are, when you line up the history of women's basketball, uh, from the UK in Europe, those are some of the best results we've ever seen. Yeah, oh, and the, the positive, the, the positive thing about it was that effectively they've, you know, they've done it in a team with primarily British court. Mm. You know, let's look at this. Um, you know, Cassie Breen is, is American, mm. um, but the rest of them, I'm not sure if, if any of the others are American. Um, I think the rest of them is a British team, mm. and. Um, that I think is is massive because yeah they could have imported six Americans in and, and would it really have impacted our would it really have indicated that there's a level for, for our players to get to to compete at this level I'm not sure it would you know everybody can import six American players in to do that yeah. um, but the fact that we did it with players who are on the up that's Shinny Beckford Norton um, Holly Winterburn Kennedy Leonard. Um, players that are have been at the top or at, or, or at a high level, like Joe Leadham and Zania Stewart, 
and then we've got some some of the um Steph Umi and, and Chantal Charles and Paige Robinson as well. These the it's a credit to them. It's a credit, it's a real kind of stepping stone for for the sport. But the question is, how can we go further now? <laughs> it's harsh because that's sport, you know, you get to a certain point and they've been competitive, but they haven't been competitive at the top echelons of even that yeah. competition. Yeah, you know that this is how it's all. It's all about a step. So you've got to get your your foot on the ladder, or you're halfway up the mountain or base camp or whatever. And they are yeah. there. And it's great that they are there. Now the most important thing is that it's not a one-off. Yeah, and that Mark can find a way of building on that. Yeah, be it talent level, be it um, you know organization, whatever. Be it they'll be better for for having done it because you get better with familiarity. Um, so so can we get there to the to the next step? Um, and actually, to move up the steps is, is is probably only one more win in the group stages, because yes. basically they were the thirty second qualifier, so they played the best team in the competition by by ranking. One more win, they might have been fifteenth, sixteenth, and played a team right about their level as well. Yeah, and that, that's probably where they're at, you know, on, on the basis of the comp competitive level of it all, um, which is which is an accomplishment to have an accomplishment, yes, as yeah. I say, with a yeah. basically primary British team. Now, there are all sorts of, you know, points in relation to the development of WBBL yeah. and how we make sure that the rest of the league doesn't get left behind yeah. London with, with that development going on, the commercialization of the league, um, the ability to have, you know, multiple strong teams in the league. Uh, and that's, that's, that's the next conversation. But I've always yeah. been kind of of the view that that's not London's problem. It isn't. That's, it's for everybody else. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, as I say, if they'd been doing that with with, with six Americans or or, or, or or you know paying millions or whatever, mm. then it, it maybe it brings an issue of competitive balance. But they've offered a program which is developing players that we need to get developed to play in the Eurobasket. Yeah, be it Kennedy Leonard, be it Shanice, be it um, Holly Winterburn, all those all those girls, and and and, and some of the bigs as well. And that can only be good. Yep. Um, and it can only be good, you know. Now, as I say, I hope it, I hope it doesn't go to waste. And I hope there's some significant planning, not just going on with London, which I'm sure there is, but everywhere else Yeah. in, in the organisations as well. And that will be the um, when we can get the next team up to that level and then the next team up to that level. Um, and that, that there are multiple destinations for players to go to in this country. Yeah. And that's when, we, you know, we get to the next stage, I think. Well, uh, a hat tip to them for a very good uh, campaign. Let's um, let's move on to the BBL Trophy action starting on Friday night in Bristol, where it finished Bristol Flyers 71, Leicester Riders 68. And at some point, I'm going to call him Antoine Jameson, but Antoine Johnson uh, was making his official debut for uh, the Flyers in replacement for Mike Miller, who's out injured till at least the end of January. Connor Washington back. Uh, for Leicester and I've, I've made much in in recent weeks about Leicester's efficient uh, efficiency on on offense they were they were up to 10th in the points per possession stats in in the world um, they didn't look like that in the first quarter of the impact for most of this game but particularly in the first quarter they really struggled to score Leicester yeah um, firstly credit to Brithoops.com they've been putting some numbers out this week um in, you know, I, know I don't want to have a battle of the statisticians talking mm -hmm. to one here myself, but they've been putting out some numbers and some graphs this week, which you know, indicate just how good Leicester's off offensive and defensive efficiency has been in comparison to the rest of the league. 
And um, this was a an this was an interesting game because um, it, firstly because it's a knockout game, secondly because Leicester coming off a forty point win in Sheffield, mm. and as a somebody who was in the locker room for ten years, nothing good ever comes off a forty point win against a decent team. Nothing good, you know. It's immediately, you know, coaching panic stations, antennae up. What's going on? Where, how are my players going? How how you know, because even if they are feeling, even a player feeling good about themselves in the BBL can be a little bit dangerous. Mm. It's great. It's a balance. You really can't be feeling too good about yourself because you're always going to be knocked down. And I thought Bristol, and again, Britoops.com, Bristol dem demonstrated what Bristol's defensive rating is. And it's pretty good. Uh, and I thought Bristol played um Almost flawless defense in the first half, in the first, certainly in the first quarter. Mm. Most of the game, most of the game, in fact. But in the first quarter, if I had to draw up, and I've talked about it often, of how would you guard Leicester in a perfect world? What would be the shot distribution you would give them? That would be it. Mm. Um, they play with physicality, which was what you need because you can't give Walker and Nelson Henry an endless kind of array of layups. But they also, probably better than any team I've seen this season, got out. To the shooters, you know. So Mark Loving never got a look, and Patrick Whelan didn't really get a look. They had the ability; they had the ability to defend um, with long defenders. So you have Raf Thomas Edwards who can switch on to Gino, or Treon Jacob who can switch on to, to, to Gino, and then you've got the big guys behind them, and they do pack the lane, and they are a physical team. And I didn't think Leicester were quite sharp enough at the beginning. I do think they played a little bit loosely in the first quarter. I think Gino's first shot was a three from the corner, which was an air ball. And you think, mm -hmm. you know, that's, you know, it's not to say you can't air ball the three, but it's the manner that the shot that you take and, and, the, and the intent that you have behind it. But, um, you know, I, I thought they, I think in that, in that quarter, they gave up maybe a couple of looks to a couple of Mo Walker, a couple of Zach Jackson floaters, Mm. Which, to be honest, he was. He's a good shot. He's, he's good at making a floater. Um, that's you know the least of your worries. If if you're forcing him to shoot, you know, one-legged twelve-footers, you know, you live with that. He might make some. He might miss some. But that's not going to beat you. And then um, not much else really. No, well, it was sixteen ten at the end of the first 16, quarter. 10, maybe a couple of those baskets were dumped down to either Walker or Nelson Henry, mm. and that was it. And the um, the manner in which they, you know, they they. Packed the both. They both managed to pack the lane and challenge the three-point shot. Was demonstrative in the in the result of the game, and it also impacted the way that Leicester's other guys didn't get going in the game. Because as we've said, if you see a couple of open ones early, and if you don't make them, you're going to knock them down late. If you don't see them early, the the opposite applies. Mm. You know, and they didn't see them early. And someone like Mark Loving, um, and subsequently Connor Washington and um, Mackenzie, they never really got in the game. Um, to have much of an impact. Well, uh, Flyers got out to an 11-point lead in the second quarter, and I thought um, they were they were good value for that. Uh, but but then they gave up seven points in the final minute, and they mm. got to the halftime. Leicester only four points down. I thought Leicester massively dodged a bullet there to only be four. Yeah. Down. Um, firstly, um, Thomas Edwards was awesome in this game. Yeah. I mean, the guys on the Bristol commentary pointed out, and they did a great job as well. I'll give them some credit. But I thought the um, I've talked about other commentators as well, but I thought the Bristol. Production of Bristol commentary during the game was excellent. Um, but 
Ralph Thomas Edwards was obviously a Leicester boy, and obviously mm. this, this, whatever's going on in his head about playing the Riders, I don't know. Mm. But um, he, I thought he played with um, both physicality and efficiency. And often he's physical but not efficient with it. In this game, he was. He did everything. They, they were on point. Um, Evans, I thought, was pretty good in, in controlling the pace. But that that Bristol team is not a team um, with that lineup, that iteration. It was going to put a lot of points on you. Mm. And during that, even during the second quarter, you're right, they're up 10, but the, the score is 35 25. Mm. Now, you're not holding Leicester to, to 50. I yeah. don't care. You know, it's not going to happen. Uh, not with the talent that they have. And um, my concern for Bristol throughout even the whole game, even through the third quarter, and we'll get to that in a minute, um, was that would they be able to score enough mm. whilst, they was, whilst they were defending their way they were? Because they discomforted Leicester in every which way. Um, but their scoring was individualised and it was depending on guys making plays. And they, they really are more of a um, kind of a physical team-based aggressive team as opposed to somebody who's going to clear out and say, off you go, you go and score. So it didn't surprise me when Leicester made that run at the end because I thought they were due. You know, they had to, at some point... Just before we get to the end, like, like, let's put that... They started no, the... Probably the end of the second quarter. Yeah, oh, the end of the second quarter. So then yeah, they bad. start the third quarter, 14-4 the Flyers. Uh, yeah, Jack that was a surprise. Eight, Thomas Edwards had five, and they, they're 15 points up after four minutes. Yeah, and that was just kind of a surprise that um, Leicester came out a little bit flat. And, you know, it's the way that... You, the, the, the thing they got, I think it was the first play of the third quarter, loving um, Leicester run their little... Um, curl play whereby um, Gino tries to get a, a, an open three on the pick and pop for Mark Loving but in the meantime Patrick Whelan is being screened and is cutting across the lane and he's wide open and for about two seconds Patrick Whelan was wide open and Mark Loving was looking at him and didn't throw the ball and in the meantime Marcus Evans comes from behind him and knocks the ball out of his hands mm. and it was that kind of tentativeness from Leicester it wasn't like they, they, they just maybe didn't see him he didn't even, but they weren't as sharp as in executing things as they have been and that probably comes from the fact that Loving really hadn't got into the game other than one kind of significant dunk in the first half mm. um, he hadn't really got in the basketball game and, and so Evans gets that steal so they're out and running then Thomas Edwards gets an easy post up and they're out and running then Jacob makes a three and suddenly you know it's a 12 point game and they needed that because they needed to score mm. they needed to get they needed to get the 70 and it was always going to be a struggle seeing how they got to 70. And as you say, they got to, I, th I think they got to 56 with like five minutes to go in the third quarter. Um, and um, they only got 15 the rest of the way. It was actually 59. They got to, uh, sorry, it was 52, uh, 37 after four minutes of the, uh, of the right. second quarter. So third they, quarter, so yeah. they got 19 in the last 16 minutes. Yeah, but still won and the game. That's still won the game. So they needed those. They needed those kind of points on the run. I think Jacob got a dunk on on, on the transition, uh, and um, Leicester were just a little bit kind of discombobulated. Uh, you know, the other the other guys coming in weren't getting the same looks. So Adekoya missed one in the post. Bristol did a great job on doubling down on Walker, taking away the easy stuff from him. And um, and did the good job also on impacting Crandall's scoring ability because there was no lanes for, for Gino to go down. You know, and if you actually think going but thinking back in that game, how many times do you remember him getting down the lane and, and, and getting in the lane and making a play the way that he can? Mm. Um, not many. So well, not really until the fourth quarter. Not um, really until the fourth quarter, and uh, so, and just on yeah, that's right. At, at the start of the fourth quarter, Bristol are fifty nine forty four. 
ahead and then then you're thinking well this is the time if they if Leicester are coming Crandall's gonna gonna do it and he was pulling the strings wheeling hit a couple of threes and and Leicester scored the first 12 points of the fourth quarter in yeah, two well, and a half Crandall, minutes yeah Crandall sat down the last two minutes of the third quarter it was only two minutes of the game that he sat down and um, I had a fair idea that you know he was because he, he has a competitive spirit about him mm. um, and also a belief in his talent and you know, I think a belief that they can win any game he has a belief that they can win the game when he's playing. And um, this by this point in time, whilst Bristol were up 15, they were on a bit of a, um, a drought. I think they scored three points in eight minutes around the fourth quarter break. And um, I was in the light, and Thomas Edwards picked up his third foul, so he was sat down. And Evans was kind of playing in, in, in spurts. And, and Andreas brought Joseph, um, not Joseph, Samuels, sorry, Corey Samuels. I think Corey Joseph is in the NBA, sorry. Corey Samuels on. And it's notable, if you watch the game back, that um, you know, any time that um, Gino was being, um, Corey Samuels on the court, Gino was guarding differently. Gino was into him. He was trying to take the ball off him. It was a little bit like the Yvantu thing earlier on in the season at the against Newcastle. And um, the first play, I was a little, uh, the first play of the, third, the fourth quarter, um, he takes him down low and he gets a dunk for Nelson Henry. The next play, again, he attacks him. You know, so so at the moment, so Gino's thinking, this is my point of weakness. And I think, look, it's a difficult one because they won the game. Looking back, uh, I think I would have probably seen that coming and probably hoped to make sure I've got one of my primary defenders on at that point. That said, Samuels was a difference maker in the game. Yeah, well... Eventually. Um, but Leicester went on a run, and that run was always coming because if you don't score, they're going to come back in the basketball game. And Bristol couldn't score. Um, and that led to a little bit of transition. The new guy threw the ball away a couple of times because he was on the court as well. So they were playing with a light. Bristol were playing, began the fourth quarter in a one-off game with a line that basically never played together. Mm. And I think it's shown. I think Leicester um, have this poise. They have this pretty natural calm about them. About they don't think you know they, they you don't see them panicking. Um, you see them playing one possession at a time, uh, and it didn't surprise me that they came back. What kind of surprised me was that Bristol resisted it. Yeah, well they got it back to three last fifty nine fifty six. But then, as you say, Samuels, uh, there was it was the, right at the end of the shot clock. Leicester had chased them around, gave them nothing. He was yeah. left open in the corner for three, which you would say is the shot that you'd, of, of you'd what up. they yeah, could have got, he, you'd give up. Three, three he doesn't shoot that many threes. He's in the corner, yeah. knocks it down, and suddenly they've taken it back out uh, to a, to an eight-point lead and, and, and a bit more breathing space. Yeah, a little bit of transition as well. But again, at this point, Gino was on it. Um, and um, I think the stat was he had eight assists or in, in the fourth quarter alone. Uh, and Leicester, and I think Nelson Henry may have been back in the game at this point with Adekoya, and they were beginning to space them out, and they were beginning just to wear them down a little bit. And then the one eventually somebody got going with the three-point shot, and that was Whelan. Mm. And Whelan got going off spot ups primarily. Um, and you know when you're in a 66-60 game, a couple of threes is a yeah. is a sea change. So yeah, yeah. they came back. I think they tied the game. They tied the and game with Sam- four minutes to go. It's 64 for all. It went loving three, wheeling three, wheeling dunk. Yeah, uh, and then loving Samuels again. Uh, Fly's got the next seven points, uh, and 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 they're out to 71-64. There's less to, uh, less than a minute to go, and you basically can't lose the game from here. But they gave it a good yeah. go. 
They did. Um, just on before, just before we got to that, yeah. I mean, I thought it was a massive play that Samuels made um, because the Leicester on a run, and it was. I think it was a tie game, and he basically he had took the ball on the screen and roll, and Walker was in the um, drop coverage, and he went past Walker, laid it in, and he attacked Walker the way you have to attack Walker with quickness. You have to pull him out and try, you know, and go past him, and he made a play in his team. And some play, some it's only two points, but some players are worth more than others. Mm. And with four minutes to go in a basketball game where you've been up by 15, five minutes beforehand, you're playing against the best team in the league who are coming for you. Is it for a young guy to make that play at that mm. point in time? Um, that's a statement of intent. So it's worth more than the two points on the on the score sheet. And that then I think um I think that emboldened Bristol a little bit. Um, they got a couple more stops, their defense remained excellent. I thought the refs did a good job in this game. They let a lot go, but it it remained on kind of it was physical, but it was appropriately physical I thought it wasn't this kind of a, a free throw barrage either way I mean, both teams got some big guys so you know no one can complain you got Mo Walker you got Malcolm Delpesh you got um, Shane Walker and Darren all that stuff so the, the physicality is there and then yeah they got to this point whereby um, Delpesh um, made rebounded got a rebound on offensive rebound and rebounded it again got Walker up in the air made the three point play 55 seconds to go you're up by seven as you see, you can't lose, and they nearly did. Mm. And this is the biggest issue that one has with Bristol. We'll talk about it in a minute as to what happened. But um, you know, they made multiple mistakes. Yeah. Down the stretch. Multiple so, mistakes. The first, yeah, the first one you'll yeah. get to. The first one was uh, Shane Walker looking in entirely the wrong direction. There's more yeah. Walker stood under the basket. Yeah. And having to get across there and foul them. So they get they make two foul shots, I think, with like yeah. four more seconds gone. Yeah. Yeah. 47 seconds to go at that point. It's 71 70, uh, 76. That was, that, all, was a, that was a layup. That was a layup yeah. off their own yeah. basket. You know, yeah. that was that was inexcusable. They they then almost turned the ball over. Um, yeah. they then inbounded the ball. Um Thomas Edwards was was wide open, but it was a super weak pass. And Jackson oh. just came across and, and well, stole what happened the ball was, I think they got the ball over half court. And as I say, at this point, Evans is Evans is flaky. Because Evans has um, been kind of being doubled, and he's not very happy. He hasn't doesn't really have another guard on the court, and he's not very happy that um, I think it was Thomas Edwards doesn't come to the basketball, and he throws the ball to Thomas Edwards, and, and Zach Jackson knocks the ball out of bounds, and mm. and you see um, Evans and Thomas Edwards kind of not getting into it. You see Evans kind of giving it all of this, and Thomas Edwards giving the equivalent of a wry smile, I think. Mm. Um, and that got them the ball with thirty five seconds away, and now, but at this point, right. You're five up with 35 seconds to go. Leicester have to foul. Right? They can't let you run 14 or whatever it was left. Another 11 seconds off and get a shot up. You know, I, well, all you have to do is to get the basketball in bounds, mm. preferably in the hands of a good foul shooter. Mm. Um, well, and they still had two fouls to give there, so it doesn't okay, matter. Even, though, even, even better. You know, <laughs> you know, I just don't see that. Even if, if Leicester played deep, if you hold the basketball for 14 seconds and you have 21 seconds on the clock and you get a bad shot, and you, get, mm. you give up a shot clock violation, you're still at five with 21 seconds to go. You shouldn't lose. Yeah. Um, so Leicester, in my view, would have had the foul. But what Bristol did was they, they, they run this little set whereby Evans kind of is the only guard in the court. He starts at the top and he runs to the corner and he doesn't look mm. for the basketball. And then the big is meant to pop out. And then Thomas Edwards curls. It's a great set to get yourself a layup if you need a layup. Mm. Um, but as you say, the pass was weak. 
and they didn't need a layup. You don't need to throw the ball yeah. in traffic. You need to throw the ball in the hands of somebody who's going to catch it. That's mm. it. So um, that was, and, and, and you know, this is this is the thing with the, the youth, you know, and Evans in particular. You know, he has to know I've got to get the basketball. Give me the ball. I'm the shooter. I'm the point guard. Give me the ball. I'm running. I'm not running away. I'm not running any clever clever stuff. I'm getting the basketball. So they didn't, and that meant Leicester were able to go in transition, and. Um, Bristol actually did a great job in transition defense. Um, they got back from Gino took it in. Gino took it in and and, and sort of and got fouled. He was but they ran to everybody crazy yeah, shot. Yeah, they ran everybody off the three point line to get in transition, and yeah. Gino then attacked and got fouled and hurt himself. Yeah. So Kimball McKenzie gets to come in and knock down two foul shots. So um, there's 27 seconds at that point. It's 71 68. Yeah, and again, you know, they've still got a foul to give. Mm. And again, you know, you have to be in that position where they come. So they get the ball over half court. They do a good job yeah. getting it over half court. Jacob breaks the press. They throw it to Evans. Evans is fouled, but he's not shooting too because he's on the sideline. Mm. So you're in the same position again. Or you've got, you're up by three. You've got less than a shot clock to go. 19 seconds now. Yeah. They are in a foul situation. So what do you have to do? You have to get the ball in bounce. Mm. No pressing. Preferably to somebody who is a foul shooter. You probably take off some of the non-fell shooters off the court at this point. Mm. Um, but again, they run the same thing. Evans runs away from the basketball. He runs down to the corner. Um, and this time, there's Simmons at the top, but nobody else pops up. Now, I can't remember who was inbounding the basketball, but they have literally no option mm. other than to throw a pass to a guy who is already bound, who is already hemmed in by the sideline and, um, and his defender. Who happened? I think it was either Loving, Loving or Jackson. Jackson. Who is Jackson? Jackson, Jackson who really. is long, who is a long defender, who has good hands and good instinct. Mm. On top of that, Evans didn't jump to the basketball to get it, and they turn it over again. Mm. Now, earlier on in this basketball game, Bristol had turned the ball over twice from their own baseline inbounds, mm. throwing the ball in the backcourt twice. So that's four times in this basketball game that they've literally given the ball away because they couldn't get it inbounds. And the worst one with this one was it was a live ball turnover. And yet again, so, so Leicester now need a three to tie. And again, Bristol do a great job in transition. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. it's almost like... Because when Whelan first catches the ball, you think, oh, he's yeah. got a three there. And somebody came out to him and he had to just throw it across. Then they Oscar. went across and they went back. Yeah. And then Thomas Edwards, I think, got out at, at Whelan and made a, mm. you know, a great challenge. Um, on the three, it's almost like they were saying, look, we don't want to play offense. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just give you the ball, but we'll keep getting stopped. And knock the ball out of bounds um, with four and a half seconds to go. So again, great day from Bristol, but Leicester have just been having been seven down with 55 seconds to go. Um, they've just had a chance to tie the game. In fact, they had two chances to tie the game with a single shot without having to put Bristol on the line and Bristol having turned the ball over twice on the inbounds. That's not good. No. No, that is just not good. And so you get to the last play, which also was not good. No, very bad. <laughs> Um, to be blunt, you know, I like, I love what Rob did. It was, you know, the best, you need the best players are the most simple, the simplest ones. Mm. There's not too much action going on. Basically, he puts Gino in the corner. He puts Mark Loving under the basket. Mark Loving's been guarded by Zach Simmons, who is a mm. center. So, yeah. who, and, and he was, who was used probably his whole life to standing under that basket and making yeah. sure that nobody gets a layup off the inbounds pass on the baseline, yeah. except. You're up three. And Mark Loving may be the best 
big man, but he is the well, he's Dan Clark, so he's one yeah. of the two best big men shooters in the league, and in fact, the best shooter on the Leicester team, even though he hasn't made any. So, what happens is Gino cuts to the middle, which just now he's not a threat because you're down three, so you can throw yeah. Gino the ball, it doesn't matter, yeah, 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 you know. But Simmons holds off, just holds Helps, as he's yeah, yeah. been trained, as his muscle memory is telling yeah, him to yeah. do, he holds there for a split second. And the players designed for loving to back up all the way to the three-point line. And by the t- and Simmons realizes and he gets out there, but Mark Loving gets a great look. Yeah. And he just doesn't knock it down. He didn't knock yeah. it down was because of how well they defended him early in the game. And um, you know, you can never, you know, this happens with Leicester a lot because they don't beat themselves. So they're down, even in the down late, and it happened last year in games, you know, they were down where Ricky McGill dribbled off his knee and that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they don't beat themselves. They stay in the game and they get good looks. Um, so you can never assume that they're beaten. And they don't deliver, and they don't just foul the wrong guy just straight yeah. away because they have to. It, there's a plan. You know, the plan is to... Well, they, they didn't foul They didn't foul in, the, in this, because some teams would with, uh, I'm just looking here what it was, 30-something 30, 30 seconds to go, would foul straight away because they know we've got to give two fouls here so we haven't got time they yeah. tried to force a turnover tried to force an eight seconds yeah did right and then when the ball got into the front court they committed the foul and then you get to defend the inbounds and try yeah. to get another field yeah See, and that's smart you know that's this is the difference of winning the game now ultimately they couldn't make enough shots to win that game they scored 68 points that's yeah. the reality bristol hit them in the mouth early bristol were focused bristol were locked into it bristol were desperate to win the basketball game and Leicester were coming off a 40-point win and didn't get into it quickly enough, ultimately. Um, I think Leicester will win this Friday, because I think mm. Leicester will have a memory of what happened last Friday. Mm. But, you know, it's a real... But the, the, So then the knock-on Bristol, I'm afraid, is that you have to be able to close out a game better than that. Mm. You know, if it's a three-point game and a two-point game and you make a play, you don't make a play, so be it. If you're up 7.55 seconds to go, it's going to bite you at some point, unless you yeah. get better at it. Yeah, if you, you can't, can't get, get the ball in bounds four they, times, they the were game, two very good looks to tie the game. The first one was more difficult than the second one, I think. Yeah, but two very good shooters with very good looks. But the four uh, seconds on one, day. yeah, the, from the four seconds one was out of a timeout. Yeah, and literally, you're going to be, you know, you would literally say to your guys, you know, you go stand on the three point line. Yeah, yeah. If they run inside the three point line, you know, then you know they're not going to look for that pass for a firm he wants to throw it to Gino to lay it in with two seconds to go and we're at one okay I'll live I'll get the ball and bounce you know we'll live with that yeah you know because they're not going to yeah and um it was so it's that kind of game now that maybe those matchups whatever you can't give that shot of them out of love and whether, whether it makes he makes it so be it he misses yeah great but you got lucky mm. um and it's a shame because Bristol deserved to win the basketball game yeah, yeah they did it'd be nice if they'd finished it the way that they should have yeah um, and that's going to be the next step in their evolution so, uh, Thomas Edwards with 18 points. Uh, Evans had 17, six rebounds, five assists. Jacob, uh, 12 points, uh, seven rebounds, six assists, and four steals. Uh, Patrick Whelan, four of eight for three for 16 points. Mo Walker, 12 points off two shots, two for two. Uh, the rest coming from the free throw line. That's, that, that's, that, that means he made him work for it. You know, yeah. you, if you risk that's perfect. You know, he made eight of eight foul shots, great job, Mo Walker. But he got nothing easy. And you can't have more walker making you know getting easy stuff because that just opens up everything else for them. 
Uh, Leicester were uh, six of twenty-four from three-point range, shot thirty-eight percent field goals, and and Bristol Lats. Both of them, yeah. The one other thing is they had that they had that Washington McKenzie thing again. Yeah. Both of them play, but neither of them are as effective as when one of them gets more minutes. And Connor was just coming back, so he hasn't yeah. played for a while, you know. But they had neither neither of those guys on the court in the fourth quarter, apart from McKenzie right at the end when Crowder got injured. So they've still got a little bit of um, working through with their rotations because it's difficult to play those guards if if Gino's going to play thirty-eight minutes. Uh, Forty-two thirty in the paint uh, to Bristol. Uh, let's Bristol move on. Let's move on to the uh, game down at Surrey Sports Park, uh, where it finished. Surrey Scorchers ninety-three, Derby Trailblazers ninety-eight, thus avoiding an upset. He says, tongue in cheek. Uh, no, uh, Stanley Davis uh, was back for the Scorchers. Derby obviously coming off the back of winning the Lynch Trophy in um, in Sheffield last last week. Um, the the well, I've obviously got three games on at, at the same time watching watching this. I don't believe, and I might be just this might be a fake recognition, fake memory, or whatever. But I don't think I saw Surrey make a stop in the first half. Now I'm obviously just flipping back and forward to that game, but every time Derby had the ball, they seemed to score. And they scored with either 15 footers or layups. Mm. Um, firstly, you know, let's just say it out loud. You know, NBL teams can play, mm. but you cannot take an NBL team for granted. Not one who's been invited into the competition because you're yeah, in the top yeah. four last year. Not one who has guys who have. Um, proper pro experience um, and a team that's playing well is confident in itself you have guys like you know I know Malcolm from when he played at Northumbria he led Northumbria Division 1 league you know five years ago Raheem obviously has played at the very top level in relation to the top teams not just playing in the BBL then you look at a guy a kid like Blake Bowman who was clearly a talented kid who went to college came back and he's fit he's back where he needs to be the best guard on the court was Young King, who mm. ran the game. And even someone like Jonas Dietrich, who's been in Leicester's programme, you know, these guys can, you know, can really, really play. Mm. Um, and on top of that, they are really, really motivated. Mm. And they're really, really motivated because it's their opportunity to show that they can really, really play. Mm. Um, and they get another... And, you know, for someone like, you know... Malcolm Smith, who had 30, 30 in the Lynch final, he's got another 36 in this game. Um, this is his chance to say, look at all these substandard Americans that sorry you've signed over the over last five years. I'm here. Mm. You know, what are you doing? You know, you, you know, you need to look at someone who can who's gonna give you the right effort all the time. So nothing that is said about Surrey is, me is meant to take away or is designed to take away no. from the respect that Derby deserve for the manner in which they approached the game, for the energy that they showed in the game, and for the intensity that they showed in the game, which I'm afraid um, was sadly lacking with Surrey. And the giveaway is always the transition defence. Mm. Always the transition defence. And um, Surrey's transition defence was... It wasn't. They didn't have any. It was between somewhere between the polling and the bottom of the bottom. I'm not mm. sure which is worse. Mm. Um, it just... And, and the thing with transition defense is it doesn't take much. It only takes two steps. Mm. So if you are two steps, if you've got a team who's running out on you and you are two steps slow in turning around and getting those first two steps in, they're gone, particularly if they're relatively athletic. Like, you know, Bowman is super athletic, even, even as a BBL. BBL comparison, Bowman is seriously athletic, long. 
Um, Smith just simply worked harder than everybody on the court the whole game. He got fouled Roberton out in seven minutes, mm. you know, and Smith's like six foot five and Roberton seven foot. He fouled him out in seven minutes with his, with his athleticism, the beating people to the spot the whole time. He had this 15 foot shot, which they couldn't handle. Bowman made some shots. I think he's a bit of a streaky shooter, but he made some shots early. Yeah. And um, I'm afraid, um, sorry, at times, um, they began to pick her a little bit. Um, Davis obviously was coming back in. Davis isn't the easiest guy to play with anyway, let alone when he he hasn't played for a few weeks and you've just come off a big win without him. So there'd be, you know, so there's there's always going to be growing pains in getting him back into it. There were times that they would kind of point at each other. Um, Teo was non-existent in this game. Five points, five rebounds against an NBL team. You know, that, that's not the leadership that you require if you're if you're Creon from your captain. Um, and um, ultimately, they lost the game in the first half because they were down to 18 at halftime. Yeah, and they gave yeah. up 60 points. They, it was 16 at halftime. They were, they, Derby scored Sorry. the last eight points of, uh, of the first half. It was 44-60. And to put that into some context, Derby have played uh, three games in the trophy, two of them against BBL teams, and scored 67 points in both of those games against BBL teams. They had 60 at halftime. They scored 73 in the other game, but that was against Solent. Um, so Smith Smith takes them out, and then they started the second half uh, with an 8-1, and it's, it's yep. 60, 68-43, and I'm getting texts going, what's the biggest ever defeat of a BBL team by, by an NBL team? Because 37 by Solent? So it, it, it was so long to, yeah yeah it was it was yeah, so yeah. <laughs> that was that was i think it was 36 but and i was like it was only a couple of years ago you must remember yeah. that why are you texting me to yeah. to, to ask these questions um but, but to be uh, uh, to be fair to um well to be fair to hamrick more than any i was about to say sorry in, in total because there's 16 minutes to go and they're down they're down 18 and then he hits yeah. three three pointers and yeah. and suddenly having been sort of mega focused on Leicester Bristol because of the way that game was interesting. You turn your head to that, yeah. Actually, this is getting closer and closer here. Yeah, Hamrick's interesting because he kind of came in a little bit late. I think he was maybe injured early. Um, I don't want to tar them all with everybody with the same brush, but, you know, the impression I got when I saw him at Newcastle is that he's a physical guy and he plays hard. And his his mentality is to play hard. Mm. And I'm not sure he's necessarily... You know, in the, the, the Surrey offense kind of broke down to kind of my turn, your turn, you shoot it, I shoot it. Mm. You know, whether it be at five out, be it Macklemore shooting off the dribble. They don't have Jameson there to throw the ball into inside. I'm not sure where he is at. I don't know if there's been an announcement about him. Um, he just doesn't appear to have been, been back since Christmas. No. Um, so, so they're playing down and, and we're playing without Robertson. So they're basically playing without a big guy. And I'm not sure that gives them the best. Um, shot because it means that they become very individualistic you know they don't have a natural screen setter on the court so they become you know five five out and and you know throw the ball to Taylor, it's his turn we throw the ball throw the ball to Stanley it's his turn and that doesn't necessarily um, bring about good um team team togetherness so you're right um Hamrick made some shots and also the, the, the Derby got a little bit tired you know, and again, the downside of being, you know, an NBL team is that they don't necessarily have the shot makers that a BBL team does. You know, they had they nothing off the spot. bench as well. That that, that yeah. was the other thing. Yeah. A lot of big minutes in the starting five. Yeah. And, you know, the, when I say a shot maker, somebody you can give the ball to is going to get a bucket without actually having yeah. to work for it. You know, and, and 
you know, Smith was the nearest one, but his his buckets came off offensive rebound, and they came off kind of not being guarded properly on fifteen footers and that type of thing. And you know, and then you know, you've got to find a way of creating a shot for Dietrich or you know Bowman putting his head down, etc. Um, so I thought the derby did dry up, and not, I think part of it was that Surrey couldn't play any less hard in the second half than they had in the first half and I think they have to play harder and also the desperation of playing from behind at some point you're kind of you know F this comes into yeah. it you, know? you <laughs> but, also you know, get so... that thing of, uh, for Derby I'm sure is when you get to that point where oh we're going to win this game and the mindset sort of changes a little bit and you try yeah, you, and conserve the lead you have to keep scoring yeah you have yeah. to keep scoring you have to keep keep making those plays and um, sorry, came back, but I didn't ever get the impression that no. they were going to go all the way back. No, no, no. I didn't. They, you know? they did get it to four, but it never looked like they never looked like they were going to win. I, I, look, I have to say, I'm going to give credit to Niall on the commentary because I really enjoy that. his intonations <laughs> of desperation. <laughs> Um, you know, he, he is uh, he is becoming very adept at understatedly declaring his disappointment with Surrey's defense, um, <laughs> in such a way that may not even it may you know maybe like one of those dolphin calls where it's not apparent to like the um the the ear of the of the general public, but I, I know I can hear it, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this thing about you know, one thing about being, I suppose you know kind of a play by play for the same team is that you, you have to yeah you have to speak in a certain way i thought he did a really good job of um of, of balancing the, yeah. the game that he was watching with what he had to say so credit to you now you don't get that much credit normally but i'll give you some for this one so um hamrick finished with 28 points and eight rebounds Moore with 17 uh points um smith finished with 36 and 12, although 12 of 28 shooting, not the most efficient 36 you've seen. Uh, Bowman, though, 25 points was a plus 21 in 34 minutes. That's quite impressive. And these are serious. Yeah, I mean, I've watched, obviously, I, I'm not an, I don't have the time amongst anything else to watch much of the NBL, but I watched the Lynch final. Um, had an interest in Newcastle, obviously, being in that. Um, and watched that game. And, and um, I don't know where, what, I know he went over to college and he's come back. Obviously, I remember Barry Bowman, remember his mm. dad very well. Mm. Um, he's been one of the most talented two guards we had in this league yeah. over a number of years, even when the um, the money was high, you know, and quite. And, and but yeah, Barry was kind of littler and stockier, mm. and Blake is you know tall. He's got the the, the sideshow bob hair and all that stuff, um, and, and 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 kind of rangy. So he's he, mm. he's kind of two steps from the from the three point line. He's making a layup. Um, if he grooves his jump shot, um, there's no reason why he can't because he's making some. He's going to be a serious player. Mm. And I'm assuming that he's not going to college or he's not going to be going back to college having been there already. Um, you know, he's got a chance to be a really good pro. So it'll be interesting to see where he, where his career takes him. You know, he's, he should be one of our guys, one of the guys who's on the radar, kind of that age group. College hasn't quite fitted him. How do we make sure he does, he becomes what he can be? Mm. Uh, let's move on then to Glasgow, where the uh, Rocks took on Solent. Long old trip for Solent. Uh, 91-82, yeah. um, that game finished. And and watching the triple box, this was the game that I, I looked at the least. Uh, Rocks yeah, scored the first nine points, never trailed. Uh, and and it, it always looked comfortable. It, was, it, it seemed to stay at sort of between sort of seven and ten 
for the entire yeah. game. Yeah, Glasgow took this game seriously. You know that because Gareth played 33 minutes. Um, so he, he was on the court. And and Ali, Ali Fraser played 30-something and was, again, Ali Fraser. And it's you know, very difficult to stop for anybody, let alone NBL1 team. And, and Boban got three minutes. So there's, there's something, again, not quite right there. Um, Solent, similar to when we played them, I think. Um, they run their systems. Um, Matt has them well drilled. I think their talent level dropped a little bit from them. I think Smith was a you know high level guard, and I think Gentry is a kind of a younger guard and probably not quite where Smith was yet. And they got nothing out of Charles in this game, mm. which they really kind of needed. I think yeah. you know he played 10 minutes, he was over six, um, which kind of hurt them. And you're right, Glasgow kind of had them at um, despite Glasgow not playing their, their best game. They had, again they had enough shot makers, so you know, sort of still makes the run, and Hillsman pops up and pulls out pulls a three from mm-hmm. off the dribble. Um, or they throw the ball to Fraser in the post and, and Fraser can score. And um I think Solent was still still a good basketball team, and they're probably not quite where they were. Um, and they're probably retooling just a little bit. Um, but one never got the impression watching this game, even though you know OJ is making plays and, and they're being aggressive and they're, they're in the basket, they're in the game. Yeah. But they're never in the game, threatening to be in the game, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, it, and it was just, I think, probably just a talent deficit, just, just a little bit of the talent deficit of the guys that were on the court. Johnson didn't have a great game. You know, he only had, I think, six points. But, um, ju- yeah, just just, just the talent deficit, just, just meant that. You know, Glasgow, watching Glasgow is a funny team. They're a funny team to assess Glasgow, you know, because you can't, you know, other than, you know, throwing the ball to Ali and everybody else shooting a ton of threes, mm. you know, and the ball moving from side to side until they throw it to Ali or someone shoots a three. Mm. You know, there's not that much there. You know, maybe there's Jalen Harris going coast to coast, and that's about it, really. Mm. And and they kind of play with teams, and they kind of play, particularly at home, and they play at the level of teams, and they beat teams at home because teams are comfortable playing against them, but Glasgow up by 12 at the end. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, that's kind of the way their season has gone. And, and obviously, they got the they're, they're slightly hampered at the minute with the COVID rules in Scotland and a number of. They are, and they've lost, and, and, and they lost um, Green as well. Yeah, so they're going to have to yeah. sign somebody else to cover that as well. But I think they took this seriously. They, took this very, yeah. they, they, they treated Solent in a, in a slightly different way to the manner in which one had the impression that Surrey treated Derby. Yeah, and um, that's that's pretty understandable when you see the bracket. Yeah. Exactly. You know where the finals taking place. You know where the finals in the room next door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. The room next door. That's good. Someone should make a series. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they did get it out to 18, actually, and in the fourth uh, yeah. quarter, Glasgow, which would have been a bit harsh. I think nine was probably a fair. But yeah, but that's why it kind of, that's why you don't feel there's any jeopardy in the game. Yeah. Because because it, because it, it, at that point, you know, they're, they're playing double figures around around that point in time. And um, Glasgow have enough control um, not to do um, anything daft at the end. Uh, Ali Fraser with 26.7 rebounds, Hillsman 16 and 11. Johnny Bunyan, four or five for 16 points, four or five for threes. 
Cole Gentry was 17, and then Jackman Sentence and uh, Archers all had 13 points each, all off the bench as well. You don't see yeah. that very often. But Charles didn't play much, did he? So no, he didn't. No. A lot of stuff off the bench. Uh, let's move to Saturday, um, where I was watching football. So I've watched this one back this morning. Oh, I thought the London game, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. After all, Saratov of Russia, 84, London Lions, 81 uh, in their um, Group L matchup. Uh, no Isaiah Reese for the Lions. Uh, no Jordan Williams, obviously, with his back problem. Tabia was back. Um, was so brilliant. you've been asking for a long time for Teague in the starting lineup with, yeah. with no Reese. He's got to be in the starting lineup, and he was. Yeah, you've just prefaced my I told you so. You just spoiled yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought he was a different player. Mm. I thought he had a control over the game that he didn't have when he was coming off the bench, when he was. Mm kind of mandated to, to 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 impact the game quicker. I thought he made Kelly. I mean Kelly was a different yeah what got under Kelly's yeah. head as compared, you know, if you pick the Kelly from from Surrey to the Kelly to in yeah. Russia, um you wouldn't know it was I the same mean, player. You wouldn't know it was the same player. Um one assume I mean there's a number of things behind that. One obviously there's a there's no that stuff that they worked through after the Surrey game. Two they've been on the plane for a long time so there's a lot of time to think about coming back and playing the game. And three, these European games are a shop window. Yeah. You know, don't underestimate that. No one, no one in um Europe or is going to give Kyrie Kyla Kelly the big bucks for playing well against Surrey on New Year's no. Day. No. But playing at Saratov and playing like that and being a yeah. dominant big guy is, you know, is, is is a big thing. Um so you know against that background and obviously with Dirk making his usual ridiculous number threes in the first mm. quarter. Um, they, they managed to, you know, to stay close. Interestingly, I thought Reese was a far better teammate on the bench yeah. than I've seen yeah, yeah. during the game. <laughs> um, you know, he was high fiving, he was up, he was talking, he was doing all the things you're meant to do. You know, yeah. so so credit to him for that. You know, because on, in the game he's been a little bit surly. Well, um, the interesting thing watch, watch, watching this back is obviously I'd put out the uh, the stat about Leicester being tenth in the world on points per possession. Uh, after door first, and they have been first for as long as I've been looking at it, which is which is more than a month or so. Um, and you could see why in the early stages, uh, oh, Lions did well to keep with them in the early. In they're a seriously quarter. efficient team. You could see that. Um, you got the bit the bigs inside know their job. Uh, you know they've got at least two seven foot guys with the mm. beards, which make them look even scarier. Mm. Um, the you know the, the the wing guys are all like six foot eight, bald and like made out of you know. Mm plastic you know roman gods that type of stuff and they just and everything is everything looks routine but you know london made shots and you stay with a team like that and then they got a, and then then you play with the energy that that they did play that london did play with and they hung around and i think teague was a big reason for that to be fair now dirk made well, shots yeah but they, teague made some shots whereby he just pulled a shot out of nowhere when they needed one and I think at that point, once London realised that they, they were in the game with these yeah. guys, to play with these guys, then they got the bit between their teeth. They did, yeah. So, so the key bit was around that first break, there was a 14-2 run, which yeah. put them up by 13. And then this is the point, Teague made some big buckets, uh, some assists in there as well. 
came back to tie the game at 40-40. And from then on, for the rest of the game, the biggest lead was four points at 53-57 for 15 seconds. But yeah. for the rest of the time, it was either tied or, or one score either way. And that, when you're on the road, that's critical. You know, when you're on the road, if you can keep a game close and you can try and play into the the mentality of the home crowd and the coaches who are looking at you, looking at the bookies, you're a 25-point underdog, you know, in that game. And they're expecting to win. And they're expecting to win comfortably. And you can kind of keep them close and you can impact them in ways that they can't handle. And they can't handle Kyler Kelly. Mm. You know, they couldn't handle him inside. They couldn't handle him in the lobs on his kind of putbacks and all of that stuff. Then you got Julian Washburn who's making shots and, 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 and they couldn't ignore Dirk. Um, and Vince, I thought, you know, he got some decent minutes out of Justin Robinson backing up with the point. I mean, it's pretty good, isn't it? Justin Robinson's your third point guard. Mm. You know, you come past Reese, you come past Tegan now, John Justin, just give us seven minutes of yeah, yeah. basketball. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have to, you know, pretty, pretty darn good. And he even got some, decent, some minutes out of Will Neighbor as a six foot 11 guy off the bench when, when they were in foul trouble at the end of the third quarter. And I, I was really, really chuffed for London that, I mean, obviously they have. Teague and Majowskis playing, and they have Washburn playing, which are, are guys who weren't, uh, they have guys who weren't playing at Surrey, for instance. I mm. mean, um, that does make them a slightly better team, particularly Teague. Um, but I was chuffed that they, whether they won, even whether they won or lost that that game, that they were there, that they were competitive, and that some of their players played to the level, which makes you think, oh, actually, these guys can be, can be picked up and be playing in Europe at, at a high level for a long time to come. And then they just got to the end and they just couldn't close it out. Mm. So you know, let's spin it to the end. Teague hits a three with two minutes to go and ties the game. And then uh, 40 seconds later, Dirk misses a three, but Kelly with the follow dunks yeah, it in. 200. Yeah, 122 to go. Yeah. The lines are up two. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking that, you know, and you could hear a little bit of air go out the building as well because mm. the crowd was quite loud and yeah. Kelly just comes in and and dunks the ball with the authority, two-handed off a, off, off a missed three, with that authority. And I think they got, they may have got to stop the next time down. No, Johnson comes down, Jerome Johnson drove to the basket, tough finish, tied the game at, at right. 79 apiece. And then the, the other way, Teague, Teague, with 45 seconds to go, missed it. It was sort of top of the key. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought he went a little bit too one-on-one -on -one at that point. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, he's that talented. Uh, who yeah. to say it's a bit one-on-one, -on -one, but... Yeah, yeah, he kept them close. I mean, he, he wants to shoot the basketball at that point in the game. But I think they came, they came down and got a stop, didn't they? Uh, not on the next play, no, because the next play, they had the... It was the it was great ball movement between Johnson and Scrub. Oh, the drive. Yeah, the, and then the Scrub curl, the, to the left to the basket. The curl, yeah. Yeah, it, was great. it was a quick drive. That was a quick yeah. curl, a quick drive. That's right. Um... Yeah, I remember thinking, you know, that was sharp because the ball went to the corner and the guy took a dribble to his left and managed to get back and finish. And Kelly didn't quite get across there to to um, to finish. How did London, how did London tie it up? Remind so me. So they advance the ball and then yeah. Teague drives to the basket, misses. The ball goes out of bounds. Lions ball. There's three and a half seconds on the on the shot clock and they managed to get it to Kelly. It almost looked like he was going to lose the ball, but then oh yeah, and he, he caught the ball two it. steps and two one. Steps. Ties the game at 81 with 20 seconds to go and a chance from the free throw line to put them in front. And that's a seven-footer, you know, catching the ball out on the perimeter. Now, he's probably over-pressured because you, 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 you want to give up that shot. But having the confidence to take a step, to take a low dribble, two steps, hit the foul and finish. You know what I mean? 
Kyra Kelly in this game was Kyra Kelly was just just immense in this game all the way through, and um, yeah, and that got them to. Um, it's a tied game. Tied the game. He missed the foul shot, and then whilst I say he was immense the whole game, mm. time to get picky. Go on then. Four seconds to go. Scrub's got the basketball. Is it Scrub? Scrub, yeah, yeah. Philip Scrub. Scrub's got the basketball at the top. He's already made that shot in the game where he takes a, he, he um takes. I think and, he rejects. And I'm presuming I'm presuming they also watched the film of the Basha Shahir game. Yeah. Uh, that that they played um, uh, a few weeks ago, where Philip Scrub hit a three on the buzzer to win the game. Yeah, and he doesn't go until there's like three seconds left. Mm. He lets the ball go with about two point nine seconds, and so he comes off. I think he rejects the screen and get to his left, which leaves Kelly in his face. And Kelly's up there at the three point nine, but he's got his hands down. Mm. And you look at the point whereby Scrub steps in to pick up the basketball to raise up into a shooting motion. Kelly's hands are here because he's defending for the drive as well as the shot. Mm. Mark Jackson, the NBA, hand down, man down. Mm. As soon as that happened, there were three seconds to go. And I know it's, it's impossible, it's really difficult. But with three seconds to go at that point, if Kelly has his hands up, you live with scrub driving mm. because you're going to trust one of your, because he hasn't got time to drive, penetrate, kick, and still get a good shot. You know, you live with one of your teammates. You take, make him take two dribbles and one of your teammates then crowding the lane and not letting him rise up to shoot a rhythm three, which even though Kelly got up there and challenged it, he had his hand up by the time the ball was being released. That's not the point at which these guys make shots. Mm. These guys make shots at the time that they're going into the shooting motion. If they're in rhythm in their shooting motion, it's automatic. Mm. And that's what happened. He was because Kelly's hands were down. And if there was seven seconds to go in the game, I could understand his hands being down because you don't want to be over, you don't want to over penetrate and give stuff up. But with three seconds to go, Scrubs basically said, I'm going to take the last shot of the game. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to, it's going to be a jump shot, mm. you know? And at that point, it's hard. It's so hard. It's, it's really almost unfair to criticize. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's a winning play. You know, the winning play is just to get your hands up a little bit quicker, to be half a step quicker, and to make him drive in his left hand. And say, okay, you're gonna have to you have to beat five hour guys to beat us, not just throw the ball over the seven footer. Yeah. Um, so that's it's brutal. I think they got a second on the clock and they threw it long, but Vince didn't have a timeout, which wasn't great. Well, Teague um, actually, I was watching it back. It looked like Teague shot just brushed the front of the rim. Brushed the front of the rim. From, yeah. From three to yeah. Court. yeah. Well, <laughs> stranger things have happened. But again, you want a timeout in that situation, yeah, really. Yeah. But it's tough on the road because you're in a close game on the road and you want to be. Keep it, you know, your key is to keep the game close and you use your timeouts to keep the game close and keep the crowd out of it. So I think that's where his timeouts had gone. Um, but you know, it was a great performance. Yeah, uh, sorry, yeah. I, I've tried to avoid using the phrase performance, it sounds like a football. Yeah. No, no. Um, but you know, great, um, great shot from Scrub at the end to, to win. A great shot from Scrub, talented players, talented games. Yeah. It was a game which was made up, it was a great game, talented players making talented plays. It was a yeah. really high level basketball game. Now, the question for London is, hang on a minute, we got to play in Denmark on Wednesday. Wednesday. we got to play in Newcastle on Friday. Yeah. we got to play in Leicester on Sunday. That game's been cancelled. Has it? The Sunday really? game has, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for them, <laughs> because I wouldn't have fancied that. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's, that, that's pretty brutal. I mean, they're going, I, I don't know if they'll come back to, I mean, come back or no, not. They, but they, 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 um, Vince told me they were going to Moscow for a day before going on to Saratov, and then they were going from Saratov to Bakken, and then from Bakken to Newcastle, I think. 
outstanding. I have to stop yeah. tracking the flights, you know, yeah, I have to stop yeah, putting yeah. the flight counter on. Yeah, where's London at the minute? They're, yeah. they're over, they're over sweet, they're over Stockholm at the moment. Yeah. Are they going to make it in time? See if they can get through the yeah, immigrate. We'll have to tip off Newcastle Airport immigration, see if we can keep a couple of them out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh scrub finished with uh 16 points uh johnson had 13 four guys on on 10 points as well it's it's a good spread of offense um kelly had 22 points 13 rebounds 10 14 uh shooting teak had 21 points and just got a couple of blocks as well i mean i thought kelly just kelly was just immense in that game um you know he's Someone needs to show him that game back and be in his head because this is how this is who you are. And it might just be, you know, the, the, the chance to play with Teague a little bit more because mm. obviously if Teague's come off the bench, Kelly's starting, they're not getting much of a rhythm going in Europe yeah, yeah. together. Um, and Kelly's used to playing with Reese, and obviously there's been some friction with Reese that we've all seen in the last few weeks. And and, and this maybe is just a fresh start type of thing. And it'd be interesting to see where they're on Wednesday night, see if they can re- replicate that. So they embark on are 0-2 going into Wednesday night. So we're pretty much into must-win territory for those two teams if they want to uh, get through. The other two teams meet on Thursday. They're obviously both 2-0. Two, two and o, uh, After door 2-0 and o at a plus four. Um, <laughs> they've been doing it. It's pretty good. Yeah, um, so let's uh, move back to the BBL and uh, the trophy games on Sunday, um, mm. starting with yeah. Plymouth. Plymouth City Patriots 113, basketball Wales 66. Amazingly, not a score of Garmy. Um, full disclosure, my son was playing a game at three o'clock, so I didn't watch any of this. I know I Antonio him. Williams uh, made his debut. I know it was 26-18 after nine minutes, and then 52-19 uh, after 15 minutes, so a 26-1 run, but it was essentially what I would have expected in this Yeah, game. I mean, I to be... Um... Absolutely fair. Um, basketball Wales probably an NBL level two team, NBA Division two team. They've got a couple of guys who got get some guys who play at Cardiff. Who I think are in NBL two. Um, and unfortunately, because they're not a team, they don't play together. So they don't have the advantages of continuity either um, in relation to playing games every week together. So that really leaves them a bit kind of a bit out there. You know, <laughs> it's like you know. Like, should we send a test cricket team to Australia without giving them a chance to play for six months? You know? <laughs> um, um, so you'll stick, um, don't get me started. Yeah. Um, I battled I'm, on for I'm a draw a today. Bit, <laughs> yeah, they did. I'm becoming, I mean, it's a fantastic thing. I mean, you have the world's best batsman bowling at the world's best bowler at the end. It's great. It's yeah. typical cricket. It's mad. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I'm, I'm getting a bit egotistic. I was just saying, Dad, before I'm beginning to think there's no sport that wouldn't be better if I was running it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very egotistical, sorry. Um, but anyway, um, you know, so they were they were thrown out there. It was, it was you know, the, the Romans in the Colosseum. Sorry, not the Romans. The, 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 not the <laughs> the ones who got eaten, whatever they were. Um, that's showing a pretty shaky, uh, <laughs> shaky take on Roman history. Um, so, um, yeah, go on there and, you know, and, and, uh, we'll have a light show. We've got a new mascot dog and, mm. and we're going to beat you by 50. You know, and everybody's going to be happy. I mean, it's, it's, we're going to get to this with, with Falkirk as well. You know, it's, it's tough. You know, there's, there's four NBL teams in the trophy this year mm. and there's another three NBL teams in, Newcastle, who are linked to Eagles, Loughborough, who are linked to Leicester, 
and London who are linked to parking who are linked to London. So they can't really play in the trophy. Yeah. Mm. So you've got to find 16 teams. And the BBL is the BBL because it's the British Basketball League, obviously. Yeah. The British, the sense of the British meaning not Ireland, because obviously yeah. it's not UK, British, yeah, yeah. because Ireland's different. Yeah. Um, so you know, there is a a political imperative at times to, to make sure that you, you you do reach out and you do involve groups. I think my preference would be that um, Cardiff takes steps to get better, and that that you know that I don't necessarily think it's appropriate to have a, a national team in a club competition. And I get why they do it. Now I'm not, I'm not overly criticizing, and ultimately it doesn't really amount to a hill of beans because they're probably not going to win, and they're just going to move on, and everyone's going to forget this game almost as soon as it's finished. So you know, mm. and everybody at Plymouth's happy because they won by fifty and they haven't won yeah. all season. Yeah. Um, but just moving, you know, there's been a bit, of, a bit of stuff on Twitter about well, should they be in it? Should there not be more NBL clubs in it? <laughs> I think we do have you an obligation. The, you go back to the point, and I can't remember. Um, I can't remember who finished fifth last year in the in the uh, in the NBL. But if it was probably Worthing, I think probably is probably the only other team. Worthing was seventh. That much I do seventh. know because somebody asked me the other day why they weren't in, and they definitely finished seventh. Uh, right. But if it was Loughborough, for example, it's that yeah. sort of because obviously Loughborough were in the trophy a few years back yeah. and they ended up where if they'd beaten London, they were going to play Leicester. Yeah. And that doesn't work. Uh, you know, because for people who don't know, there, there, there are, um, you can be a feeder club and, and a feeder club is a linked club to a BBL club. So a BBL club can nominate a linked club, which allows that BBL club to play at any point, any, I think it's under 23 British players in the BBL team. So, if, for instance, you know, people will have seen Tembe Yabantu playing for Newcastle University in the Lynch Trophy final and then playing for Newcastle Eagles on the same day. Well, you can do that because Newcastle University is a designated feeder club to the Newcastle Eagles, mm. which means that he is eligible. If, he's not, if you're American, the Americans can't. Mm. And if you're over a certain age, you can't. That means he's eligible to play. It's the same with Loughborough. So when you see people like Louis Jordan playing at Leicester. He's still at Charmwood, Louis George. He's still at Charmwood, but, but Charmwood's another feeder club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's the same principle which applies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Dietrich or, last year, Dietrich, Dietrich last year was... was uh, yeah, and I think, I think the, um, the, the young lad who was um, the point guard last year, who had lots of assists, Jimenez, yeah. he was on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so they can play for those reasons. So you can't realistically... Uh, and, 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 have a you know competitive structure where you can have a team who can basically field players playing against its feeder team. That that to me is just nonsense. No. Um, so they they are ruled out. And that London Light Barking Abbey is the same. And um, so that's seven, that's four top teams, then three other teams ruled out. And then you know I suppose if we're arguing between the difference between the eighth best team in the NBL and you know a team designed to support basketball in Wales, there's an argument you know, we'll have a team to support basketball in Wales. Mm. You know, I, I get that, um, but you know, I mean, the, the best players playing for Plymouth. You know, <laughs> Isaiah Walker, who's who's been playing for Wales, playing for Plymouth, mm. and it's not really, it's not really satisfactory that we have a, a situation. I've been there because at Newcastle, when I was there, we played, I think, Dunfermline in the last year I was there, and we beat them by about seventy. Yeah. Scored one hundred and thirty. You know, they, they were beating us three two at one point. 
Um, and I a couple of years before that, well. didn't didn't you didn't yeah. you get a, a non BBL team like four years out of five or something? Like oh, well, I couldn't possibly comment, but I wasn't doing the draws, so I wouldn't I wouldn't have any involvement. I, but I we, did, we did seem to pull the Scottish team a few times, yeah, which, which did, always yeah. made me think about you know warm balls in the mm. yeah warm not balls on my watch, mate. Definitely not uh, on right, my okay. watch. I mean, to be honest, the, the team we played the, the year we played against um, is the other Scottish team. Absolutely, it was a day after. It was a game after Christmas. We played it at Northumbria University Burrible. across one of the courts, Burrible. and um, yeah, it might have been. And the only the only thing that was relevant was I was standing at the back bench desperately trying to get a forty three year old Flanoy to come out of the game <laughs> four minutes into the third quarter with yeah. the sub on the bench for two years. When one of the Scottish lads who I think was spent most of his day on a building site landed on his knee mm. and put him out for six weeks. And those you know, and those games. Um, you do have that slight worry as well of, of, of injury as well. And it wasn't deliberate, it was just actually, you know, it's just one of those things that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not, you know, anything which, you know, anything which the bookies are starting as a plus 50, yeah. you know, we really should be doing better than that. This was 42 and a half, by the way. Now, in relation, yeah, it's 42 and a half. Just on the, on the game, I watched a bit of it, but you didn't. So um, Plymouth, um, well, the, the new guy, Williams, um, started off with the point guard, LBC came off the bench, which was interesting. Seems to be a little bit more of a slasher. Kofi came off the bench as well. Seems to be a little bit more of a slasher than a true point guard. I'd probably be surprised if obviously he wasn't starting games moving on. But they started with him and Denzel, um, you know, which is an interesting kind of athletic backcourt, yeah. slashing backcourt. And obviously they got they're having Hassan and, and, and um, King got into foul trouble. But you've got Hassan. It, it really free. I'm really happy because it frees up Joe Hart. Joe Hart is basically playing the role he's meant to play now. You know, he's a dangerous shooter. He makes smart decisions. He's got guys to throw the basketball to at the right time. And they're going to be better. They're going to be a lot better for it. Um, I think PJ will be going into games, some games, particularly at home, um, expecting to win, um, which I don't think he was at the beginning of the season. Wales, they did okay. Um, they competed. Um, they struggled for ball handling. Um, they struggled. I didn't watch the second half um, because for obvious reasons. Um, you know, they've got, as I say, they've got you know, Alex Kukrivos, who played at Guildford, got a couple of guys who are quite athletic, who are playing Division 2 at um, Cardiff, but basically Division 2 team. And, you know, and that's a blip. And if you're getting beat by 50 by a team that hasn't won all season, mm. then again, um, either the whole community and the whole and the league needs to take a specific interest in promoting basketball in Wales and finding a way to increase their level. Um or we need to be finding someone else to be in the tournament. Mm. You know that's that's the reality of it. Um and I'm not sure there's that many other teams too put in the tournament. That's the other reality of it of mm. course. So I hope I've given it both sides of the argument there and made no decisions at all and just basically mm -hmm. walked for 10 minutes. Um let people make their own minds up, mm. you know. You be the judge. We, we did a lot more out of that game than I was expecting. Uh, Kofi yeah, finished with 22 points in 17 minutes. Uh, yeah, did a lot in the fourth quarter, I think, yeah. Denzel Ubiara with 26 uh, of seven shooting. Uh, Finn Porter led Wales with uh, 16 points off seven of 12 shooting. Um, Sheffield, 77, Manchester, 90. Uh, now, my son's game ran long, so I missed most of this as well, unfortunately. Um, uh, well, certainly the, what I saw. Yeah, I know. I know. Shocking. Um, what, 
the bit I saw was largely irrelevant because it was just Manchester in front. But, uh, but what you missed um, was um, a um, Dan Clark had had his injections before this game. Um, to you, that, that's, that's not, not suggesting any wrongdoing or drug taking. He, he, he was ready for this game. Yeah. And to the point whereby he went off in the first quarter. Not only did he go off for 14 points, making every shot you could imagine, playing like a you know, latter-day Kobe. He also went off at the referee every time he made a shot for not making a call for him as well, to the point whereby he got technical with three minutes to go in the first quarter, and he could have had two before that. And I was trying to basically pin my ears back and thinking, well, what, what's going on here? You know, because it, the intensity that Dan Clark showed... Um, he basically carried his team in the first quarter. And you go go back, just go back and watch it. I mean, he beats them in every which way. Spin moves, fadeaways, threes, you name it. I mean, he's just, you know, he's a man amongst boys, best player on the court by enormous distance. And also clearly the most, um, the most um, animated. Um, and of course, then you go back and you think, well, hang on, have they played each other since the first game of the season? Or the first two games? When Manchester got blown out in Sheffield by 30. Yeah. And then the very next week, when Rodney Glasgow made a shot on the last second, and yeah, no yeah, doubt yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sheffield are celebrating on Manchester's court. Yeah, yeah. Now at that point, and it kind of clicked with me because the the very best, all the best players, all the best athletes, they have this little kind of chip inside them which stores stuff away. Mm. It might be a week, it might be a month, it might be two months, it might be three years, you know, whatever. But it stores stuff away as to hang on a minute, now we all these guys won, mm. and that. It, when I figured that out, and that might be being, it might be entirely Todd amateur psychology, but I've seen too much of it. Mm. That was Dan Clark today. And Sheffield stayed in the basketball game. A new guy came off the bench, and he's a shooter. Um, he's probably not quite what Williams used to give them, um, but he's probably a more stable character, I would suggest. Um, they, they stayed in the game shot for shot in the first half. Mm. Um, with um, Wallace making some threes, with Anderson making some threes. Um, but I think Neil tweeted on, Neil was there, tweeted at half times, basically said, got absolutely right. He said, uh, Manchester are getting easier shots. Mm. And that was right. Sheffield were making tougher shots. And then Sheffield lost Bennett Cook as well, whose foot's in the plaster, I think, um, early, I think, in the second quarter. And um, in the third quarter, Manchester became even as effective offensively. Josh Steele played really well, knocked down some shots. He's shooting at a very high percentage from three. You don't realise it because of the size that he is. But he really is an efficient offensive player. And they managed to lock down defensively. And it's really interesting watching their evolution come moving on to the cup final because um, it's this artisan Clark lineup that is that is playing with Anderson at the three, it's a physical force, you know, it really is. Um, and I've talked previously about the spacing and what they lose with McKnight, but you can see it beginning to kind of link together. And it helps when Dan Clark plays like he did in the first half and first half and carries them, kind of linking together offensively. And if it fits offensively, then defensively, they're not going to get run out of the gym anymore like they were at London and like they were at Sheffield. Not with that lineup, not with then Lewis to come in on top of that. You know, not with uh, Hudson to come in and play defense after that. Um, they, they're a different type of team, um, but they're a team that could win the game in the way that you saw them win it, which was basically close it out at the end 
but I played enough defense whereby you know Sheffield couldn't get within ten. Once yeah. they made one run, the game was done. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Giants had a thirteen-two start to the second half and led yeah. uh, sixty-four. 49 and i think it was at that point that i switched on and uh bless uh, uh john timms for trying to uh imply that a comeback was imminent but it never really looked that imminent to me they didn't they they couldn't get in transition sheffield you know if you're that back you need a couple of energy players defensively to get you going and maybe a three in transition or something like that but they just kind of went possession for possession in Manchester and Manchester run their stuff. And mm. the times that, you know, Manchester's bench is a little bit rickety, missed some shots, but Sheffield weren't able to um, to capitalise. And and uh, again, you know, a lot of this comes down to the amount of size that Manchester have on the court. Yeah. They are big in all positions. Yeah. You know, apart from Armstrong, who was just quick, yeah. um, you know, Steele, um, Anderson, Artisan, Lewis, Clark, Will Saunders was excellent in this game. He didn't actually knock down a tremendous amount of shots, but his energy was all over that place. He blocked his shot in transition in the first half. And, and I just thought he was great. And that's like, you know, if it, everybody apart from um, Armstrong and Hudson and Whelan, I'm not sure if Whelan played, I didn't see much of him, um, is six foot five or six foot six. Mm. And the bigs are six foot eight, nine or six foot ten. And um, that means if they're healthy and they're fresh, they're playing defense. And I thought, I, I, they're, in, they're a work in progress. Um, they've got an American spot. It's tough, to, tough, tough gig to see what you'd do with that American mm. spot. Would you even use it at this point in time? Would yeah. you want to bring it in three weeks before a final? Because history says that generally doesn't work. No. You, know, you need to well, get they've games. Got, they've got to make that decision within a week, don't they? So, um, mm. My sense of it is I always thought they had too many players anyway. So yes. I, I might be... Um, yeah, you got too many players. You don't necessarily want to lose a twenty-one point game score, though, do you? No, there is that. that that's that's the you know it's, it's which which guys are you going to drop off. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, it might be a without. See again, they weren't lacking scoring, were they? they still scored ninety. No, and that's the thing. And, and I'm saying if they, if they get if they they got how many did they end up in this game with ninety? Ninety, yeah. Yeah, well, if they end up with, you know, if they're going to score, and I'm saying if they're going to score ninety with this lineup, they're a seriously dangerous team. Because their deficiencies with this lineup are offensive, not defensive. Mm. Um, that's not a deficiency is the wrong word. The, the gap is offensive, mm. not defensive. Defensively, they're really good. Um, they're, but if they get to 90, they're going to win games. And that's not where they were six no, weeks ago. No, 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 no. And that's that's the evolution of a team. Um, and, and we used to call it addition by subtraction. There are some times that losing a player makes you better. I'm not precisely sure that we're at that point with Mike Knight. Um, because there's not been enough of uh, a sample size to determine no. that yet. But it is, it is, a, it is something which does occur. You know, it is absolutely nailed on. It happens. You yeah, take yeah. a player away, you get better. You know, um, so you see, and then as I say, it's the cup final. The two best teams are currently at the moment, two best BBL teams at the moment, um, on the basis that London aren't what they are meant to be in the BBL, and they're kind of circling each other, not having played each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really quite quite interesting seeing how they're developing prior to the final because nothing that happens now is irrelevant to the final. It's not a question of who turns up and makes shots. You have to be together. You have to know what you're doing and all of that is exaggerated in a final. If you're not ready, if you're not grooved in relation to everything that you do, if you don't have absolute trust in the teammate and the coaches and all that, you're not going to win the final. You're going to fall apart in the final. Yeah. And I've been on both ends of that. 
you know. So you know, it's a really interesting period of time for Manchester three weeks out of the final. Leicester are approved. Manchester are still finding themselves, but they're looking good. Uh, Delpesh, 16 points, 8 of 10, shooting Nichols, uh, 14. Wallace on uh, debut had 10 points, 5 rebounds off 3 of 6, uh, shooting. Yeah. Um, Dan Clark, uh, 26 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 9 of 13 shooting. He just, absolutely, he, just, he, just, he just ran this game. I mean, mm. you know, he, he, he's a 6 or 10 point guard. You know, just... He just, he, it was the best all round game I've seen him play since he came back. And there's probably other games which I haven't watched as carefully, mm. um, where he's played in a similar manner. But and just in, and then not just because he went off in the first half, first quarter either. I just thought throughout he was utterly locked into that game. Mm. Um, and, um, and his skill set was just um, a different level to anybody else on the court. That steal with 16, 6, and 4, all the starters had double figures and we've kind of touched on this final game uh, already yeah. uh, but uh, Cheshire Phoenix uh, 123 uh, Sony Center Fury or Falkirk um, 65 um, I'm led to believe that Falkirk were missing a couple of guys I know for certain that um, Austin was not there for um, Cheshire and then Dixon uh, seven minutes him. in I, I didn't quite see how he went down but it didn't it, it didn't look great when he was on the floor. It looked, right, like, it looked like his knee. It yeah. really did look like his knee, to be honest. Um, he was holding his knee. If he's lucky, it's just his knee. Knees have banged. But if someone's landed on it, then it's a ligament and it's serious. Obviously, mm. it's going to be ACL or an MCL or something like that. Mm. Um, but you always worry when it's a knee because yeah. it's not, not, not good good things don't happen to knees. No, no. Um, you know, and, and he... Um, um, so that, that was unfortunate for, for Cheshire. Austin had COVID, apparently. Yeah. That's why he wasn't there. Miranda um, Falkirk, um, they had an American playing for them, and Whitley, who really made some shots early, mm. to be fair, came out to play. Him, him and Bantu Burroughs. Bantu um, Burroughs were the two guys who've been involved in pro yeah. college organisations. They were kept impactful it interesting in for a quarter, didn't they? There, there yeah, that, they were impactful that. in the game. And, and again, you know, there are levels of player. And it's not yeah. a rock, it's not a knock on any of the other guys who played, who are playing, you know, who are no doubt working nine to five and then turning out and playing either in the local league or in the Scottish league, whatever. Mm. Um, but there's a difference in the body type, there's a difference in the fitness, there's a difference in the skill set. Um, and event, you know, of guys who've been in pro systems or in college systems and guys who haven't. Mm. And you saw with Bantu Burroughs his ability to, to pull up and make jump shots because he'd have spent years practicing that when he was with Gareth at the Rock, the Sterling at the Rocks. He was there two or three years. Mm. And, um, and, and um, you know, Whitley made threes and it's his showcase. So he gets to show the place he can make coming from a small college. But again, it's, you know, outside of that. Now, I thought, to be fair, I thought Falkett were pretty well coached. I thought they ran sets. I thought they, they, they actually got the basketball where they wanted it to go at times. They didn't turn the ball over that much, um, but they didn't have the the, the, the level to, to finish. Mm. And then when the ball goes out of the hands of the guys who are making the decisions, then the other guys struggle to make decisions. And that's when you realise that there's not many guys with the arms of length of Levi Bradley's in the Scottish League. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, again, a game that, you know, was never in any doubt. Um, it doesn't serve that much purpose without us paying more than lip service to improving the level of the Scottish League. Mm. 
You know, that's that's the reality of it. They're six and zero in the Scottish League. Mm. You know, they're in the quarterfinal in the quarterfinal of the cup. It's the best that the Scottish League has to offer. Mm. But again, it's NBL Division Two mm. level um, or bottom of Division One level. And again, that's not critical of, of of the guys who are playing. It's just what it is. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I don't want to go back over that chestnut. Yeah. But um, I see the reasons for them being in. Um, but I also, you know, I remember there was a couple of years ago, Plymouth went up there with with a superstar team and, you know, won by about 80 or something. You know, it, 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 it does slightly devalue competition when the first round game can be Bristol v Leicester and Newcastle v London mm. and Sheffield v Manchester. And then on the other hand, Cheshire, um, versus versus Falkirk, you know these these games are not comparable. Um, I'm not sure what the answer is. No, sorry. Um, Seventeen four run uh, in the second quarter. It was forty five twenty four, and basically done from there. The only question was whether uh, Cheshire would get their biggest ever victory, and the answer to that was yes, uh, surpassing the previous best which was 110.54 at london capital in march 2009 um teddy oki raffle 20.7 uh rebounds seven assists bradley had 16 and 10 they had eight guys in double figures they made 23 pointers from 43 attempts um none of that matters as much as dickerson's injury his injury yeah 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 you know that's the reality of it yeah um you know moving forward you know and yeah that can happen in any game so you have to be sanguine about it, yeah. you know. It can happen in any game. You have to try and rationalise it, but it's still frustrating as heck, mm. you know, to, to lose a guy potentially because there's a cost to it. If he, if he can't play, if he's out for the season or he's out for a specific period of time, you got to bring a replacement in. You got to fly him back home. You got to look after him medically. Um, you know, there's a cost to all this stuff, and um, injuries hurt. Mm. Uh, Trey Wiley with 22.7 rebounds, Bantu Burrow had 21 points. And that is that for the uh, weekend in the British Basketball League. So uh, Dave and I will wrap it up here. We will be back next Sunday night to do it all again. But for now, have a great week and we will see you next Sunday. Goodbye. Goodbye.